and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and we are webcasting to you live from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders headquarters in Tarzana, California. It is Wednesday. I just love Wednesdays because we start out the morning with a segment we call Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampache is here to answer your questions live. That's always a very exciting and informative part of our show. And then in the second hour, we have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. That's uh, with Nancy Allspaugh Jackson, who is the executive director of Autism Care and Treatment Today. And today our guest during that hour is Jenny Wu. She's here to talk with us about what it's like to be in the military and have a child who's on the autism spectrum. It has its own unique challenges and there are ways that we can support those military families when that happens to them. We'll be talking about that with you in the second hour. But first I want to remind you that all of our show is meant to be interactive. There are lots of different ways to participate and if you're hoping to ask Dr. Doreen Grapache a question, Emily's going to cycle through some of the different ways that you can get a hold of us here. I will remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. When you go there, you'll see lots of things to do. In fact, check out our blog. But there is a computer screen on the de desktop. If you click on the triangle on the computer screen, you could be watching the live show or the most recently recorded live show. And then to the side, you'll see a white box. And you can put your cursor there and start typing. When you hit enter, it will appear here on my screen. And I will be able to ask your question of Dr. Grampache. That's totally free. You don't have to log in. In fact, we don't take any information from you at all. We don't know who you are. You have complete anonymity, which is lovely unless you want us to get back to you. So if you want us to get back to you personally, make sure that you do include a way for us to uh, get a hold of you. And I will make sure that we don't share that with the audience at home. All of these uh, different ways, we hope that you will participate. And also, we hope that if you're tuning into the show and that you like it and you feel that there's something valuable here, that you'll share it with your friends and family around the world and give them an opportunity to watch it as well. Without further ado, it is time for Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grampiche. Dr. Doreen Grampiche. Dr. Doreen is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen, and we welcome Dr. Doreen Grampache. Thank you for being here. Always a pleasure. It's <laughs> such a pleasure for all of us. I, I so appreciate you being here. And I want to start by reminding everybody that while you're here, although you are a, a tremendous expert in the field of autism and really a visionary in the field, and there's no better person that a parent could be asking a question of or a practitioner, 
still in this format, as much of an expert you are, this format does not lend itself to giving child-specific advice. So right. no one on our show could do that. It just isn't possible. It'd be a disservice to our kids. But aside from that, you give us so much hope. You give us so much information. Thank you. I yeah. feel like you're a light bulb in a dark room. <laughs> you turn on the light bulb and you start to see things that you didn't know were there. No, I always say this is the only thing I really know to, how to do in life. Well, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. We just want to caution our viewers that, uh, you know, please do guide professional, uh, get, get, guide, uh, <laughs> please do get professional help when, when uh, your issues are serious. We're yes. just going to guide you a little bit towards that. Absolutely. And I have to start this morning by talking about you've got a speaking engagement coming up. Um, it's for the Give Autism a Chance Summit in right. Austin, Texas. Right, I've got right. the flyer here up on our That's screen. That's awesome because I don't know what it is. <laughs> This is an Sometime amazing event. Sometime in April. Uh, right? it, it is coming up, and a, a really amazing group of people. It's April twelfth. April twelfth. Cool. April twelfth, and it is from eight a.m. to five thirty p.m. in the Austin Music Hall in Austin, Texas. And it is the Autism Trust that is putting this on. So it's theautismtrust.org. You can go there and get more information. Um, it's it's a very you know I had gotten an invitation to this mm -hmm. already, and mm -hmm. I went look at the array of people that are going to be there tell me i'm rob breaking. schneider is going oh, to be I know, there i know that's which is so a, awesome. you know yeah. it, it's just like you I know, know. it isn't that. the thing you would normally expect to see autism conference rob I schneider know, but know. it's very fun and i appreciate that he's supporting uh autism causes Absolutely. And uh, aiden quinn, aiden quinn. I know. And how, I, how dishy is he i know this it's is a so fabulous funny. thing yeah, that's exactly. um, i'm and, gonna have to uh, tell rob schneider Something from Steve the Copy Boy, you know. That's it. That was. A, do you remember his role on Saturday Night Live? I don't remember that. That was my favorite skit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I missed a couple of years of, uh, of Saturday Night Live because <laughs> I got old and tired and went to bed. Um, but uh, but I love him. I yeah. find him hilariously funny, and I appreciate that he's uh, helping our cause. And really, really an amazing guest. There are uh, array of panelists that are going to be there, and you're going to be one of the panelists. Right. So. I'm not sure what their format is. This is something that uh, our dear friend Polly Tommy put together, and yes. she's always fabulous with these types of things. Well, so some I expect it's going to be a wonderful conference. Okay, well, here are the discussion panel topics. One of them is holding the family together. Right. How much do we love that? Talking about marriage, siblings, and puberty. Another is behavior therapy and education. I would imagine that you'll be involved, especially in that one. They're talking about ABA, feeding therapy, hippotherapy, and homeschooling. Another topic is healthy living. I love this. Nutrition, sleep, immunity, and general health. Mm -hmm. Another is everyday concerns. That includes safety, the future, bullying, and dealing with doctors. Mm -hmm. uh, yet another is gut issues, intestinal health, and disease, and ASD. We love that. Um, and then they have a, an opportunity that they're calling Your Shout, where you can get up and have your say, and they're giving people two minutes on the microphone to have their say. She's so clever Isn't with these amazing? ideas. Yeah, that's fantastic. Isn't it? And then the last one is environmental factors and autism. So Wonderful. I can't think of a thing on there that I wouldn't love to attend and, and see. So again, that is being done uh, by the Autism Trust, and you can go to theautismtrust.org and find out 
more information about that, but it is happening on April 12, 2014 in Austin at the Austin Music Hall, Austin, Texas, and Dr. Doreen Grampichet will be there and be participating in that. So um, some of the other people on the list, Dr. Arthur Kingsman will be there, uh, Dr. Kendall Stewart, uh, Polly Tomey, as you mentioned, Christina Adams, who we've had on the show before, wonderful, wonderful writer. Uh, Lisa Goes, um, looking at some of the other different names here, uh, Rupert Isaacson, uh, a really an amazing list of people. I see a whole bunch of people there that I am um, friends with on Facebook that I've never met. Oh, uh, so that's very fun. You'll have to say hi to them for me. Uh, in any case, we this hour is for answering questions, and so I want to get to as many of them as we possibly can. So uh, one of the more recent ones... Oh my goodness, and you guys are writing in overwhelmingly. I adore that. Uh, okay, I lost my place because so many people wrote in. Uh, okay, my son is four and his teacher recently told me that they haven't found any real things my son has that he enjoys in terms of reinforcements. Honestly, except for iPad, I don't know many reinforcements for him. How do I help more of his interests and things that motivate him? It's tough sometimes when you feel like your kid has a limited amount of things. I know when I, before we started therapy card had me fill out an exhaustive document yeah, about anything about, that right, he liked. Right. It's so important and without knowing all the different things and they change. Mm -hmm. I mean from day to day a child might not be interested in one thing today and completely you know want it in a week. So we actually do very very frequent uh, re reinforcement inventories but I would I, I wonder how we can get our reinforcement inventory form or uh, mm -hmm. you know that that questionnaire out to parents. Um, if we had a PDF, if it was made into a PDF, we could put it on our Facebook. Oh, certainly. We have it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So I'll, I'll uh, give that to you if okay. you mind me. And uh, uh, you can put it up on, on Facebook. That will be wonderful. And I think this is their follow-up here. Uh, they say his issues are more poor attention and attending at home and school. Not really behavioral issues at school, but mm -hmm. just attending. Um, so that that's what they're looking to uh yeah, I mean, it's always, there's a lot of little tricks you can do as well when a child has difficulty with attending. You have to figure out what as what's kind of what aspect of his environment is really preventing him from attending. So sometimes our kids are distracted by things, so you would want to minimize distractions. Uh, perhaps the place that he sits in school should be very close to the teacher. I don't know. Uh, sometimes we put like a little circle sticker or something on the board behind the teacher so that our child has to, like you know be looking that way every so many minutes mm -hmm. um, sometimes we get these watch minders for our kids that will buzz on whatever time frame we put like 15 minutes and when it, when it buzzes it actually will, can say are you, look at the teacher or we just teach our children that it's a reminder that you need to pay attention or wake up um, you know, we teach our kids techniques, like if they've lost a period of time, mm -hmm. they will look at the child next to them or to the teacher and try to figure out and catch up. Mm -hmm. Like we'll literally teach them how to gain information they just uh, didn't, they missed. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different techniques and there's a whole section on attention and inhibition they're both important because you have to inhibit your your uh, distractions or you know your your desire yeah. to look out the window or whatever it is yeah. so and those are all in the executive functioning section of skills and um, I was just printing them out for a friend of mine the other day and 
they're very good. There's a lot of different ways, to, like little uh, lessons and tricks to help your child attend. And of course, reinforcers are very important. You have to identify reinforcers so the child knows that. Um, they will get something for paying attention, but you also need to attend to other things like is the child sleeping? Are they getting too much sugar in their diet? There's all these other issues as well. Absolutely. I'm smiling because you said there are lessons uh, to teach inhibition and, and attention and uh, and of course that made me think about in skills There's the EF curriculum uh, where you'll find a lot of those lessons And we have been doing a thing at home where every day we play what we call an EF game Oh, cool. And my son initially when I introduced this he you know, he was like, I don't want to play an EF game, even though I put the name game after it, right? And now it's the thing he looks forward to every day is we play oh, cool. a little EF game. And my husband said to me yesterday, <laughs> he goes, okay, tell me again, what's EF? Oh, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> and, and I said, this is where, where we all fall down on things because my EF thing is inhibition because I need to go do something, but something interrupts me and I give my attention to that, not the thing mm. that I really care about. Right. And I need to learn to say, this is more important over here and I'm right. inhibiting my oh, response well, to this. We're all like that. Well, but all those lessons are in the skills program, in the EF, yeah. executive functions. But I love that my husband said, tell me again, what's, what, is what, EF? What, yeah. what EF? Yeah. And I said, well, it's things like memory. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I used to always say, I can't remember, what's that other part of EF? Oh yeah, the meta memory. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's like an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> because it's being able to remember things. Uh, so, and so and devices to help you to remember right. things. Right. Uh, in any case, uh, so those are available in the skills program. You can go to skillsforautism.com and you can get a free trial and take a look at some of the things that are there to help with. And you mentioned that sometimes there's medical things. I think a lot of times people make the jump to let's treat this with medication. If you go to the pediatrician, mm -hmm. they'll make the jump to, oh, if you're having trouble focusing that they want to put children on medication. But there yeah. are lots of things you can do behaviorally, as absolutely, you mentioned. Absolutely, absolutely. And I wouldn't really, I mean, you know, that's kind of an important thing. A lot of kids, uh, I don't know if anymore right now, but a lot of kids in the past decade have been diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And I don't know that that's really the case in some cases. Like I have seen children who are on medications, amphetamines specifically, so Adderall, Ritalin, etc., and they don't need to be. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've also seen children who are completely, you know, running around com confused in the chaotic phase of, of everything, you know, all the time chaos, and the medication does help them very significantly. Okay. So it's really important. The ADHD diagnosis is actually a really interesting one because you have to meet a whole ton of symptoms. It's not one or two, or it's not like autism where you, it's not that easy to be misdiagnosed if you really follow the, the way to diagnose. There's a lot of symptoms that need to be present. There's also three types of ADHD. People yeah. don't recognize that. Um, and so that's kind of important as well. And, but it, you know, what I'm essentially saying is that it is important to get a good uh, diagnostician. And if you do need the medication, of course, it's going to help. I was going to think, I was referring more to other types of things, you know, for instance, uh, if you're not sleeping, you're yeah. going to be very, very distracted and absent-minded all day. And the vast majority of our kids are not sleeping well. Yeah. So sometimes we're like, why is my kid tuning out? Well, you know what? They're not tuning out. They're sort of daydreaming. They're yeah. half asleep because they haven't slept all day. Well, and when the child is all having night. trouble sleeping, then at least one of the parents is having trouble sleeping. And then you get this downward spiral of a whole bunch of people who are having 
having trouble attending and, and, and problem solving. Nobody wants yeah. to deal with it because nobody's because yeah. everybody's so exhausted. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have been there and done that. And fortunately, I was working with good people at Card who helped me to recognize, you know, you're tired and you, we need to get you sleep before we can do some of the more intensive things. Right. Um, okay. So uh, talking about memory, though, somebody wants to know how often is short-term memory a symptom of high-functioning autism? Short-term memory deficits, you mean? Um, I don't... I, I'm not... I wouldn't say I've had that experience too often. And I'm not even really going based on... on uh, sort of observing my kids rather than I see their tests. And our kids are tested and one of the areas of testing is memory. And I don't know that I ever that I've seen a lot of deficits in short-term memory. Okay. I see. I think I've seen more deficits in working memory, which is sort of like uh, you learn new things and you have to merge them in with old things. That's working mm -hmm. memory. Um, but not even you know. I would say, if anything, in that area, but not really short-term memory. If your child's having short-term memory issues, it could be something else. So it would be kind of important to to see a. A uh, psychologist who specializes in, uh, uh, let's say, neurological issues okay. or a neurologist would be, both of those would be a good place to start. Okay. Uh, very interesting question here. My three-year-old son is constantly talking about letters, trying to make letters with his hands, arms, and legs. If I give him paper to write letters, I make him write the alphabet and sing the song after so he can write his letters, but in a more appropriate way. But then later on, he'll say stuff like M is for monkey, C is for cat. When he sees the letters somewhere, and even when he's not seeing them, he has a wooden letter and he is constantly asking me to give them to him so he can use them. But what I do is use them as reinforcement when we're doing some kind of learning activity. My question is, how can I minimize the time that he's spending talking about letters and trying to make him with, make them with his arms and legs, but in the same way, I don't want to just stop completely because I feel like he'll be too anxious and stressed if I do that, which is the right way to do it. Sometimes I tell him to stop and give him paper and then write his letters uh, there. Plus, his, he's very calm when he's doing that. And, and we had a couple of people writing in about... Letters. Uh, yeah, yeah, and somebody asked me, is that hyperlexia or is that something different? When, when they're obsessed with letters, and uh, is that something different than hyperlexia? It's definitely... Well, okay, so, I mean, gosh, I have so many things to All right. say about this We should this answer question. their question before mine. How rude of me yeah, that I, 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 I saw, I, no, no, I photobombed, I question-bombed. <laughs> okay, let's answer her question, then okay, we'll talk so about hyperlexia. we'll talk about this in a minute. I mean, the good news is, when, like, so let's start with this. The good okay. news is whenever I have a child who's obsessing with numbers or letters, they tend to be highly intelligent. Okay. okay so, I mean, I'm just throwing that out because there's no study on this, but right. it's just my gut feeling that I think the majority of my kids who have been obsessed with numbers or letters end up having very high intelligence on their tests. So that's good. So it's like it's like there's a laser. We just got to figure out where to point it, right? Yes, and, and I'll talk okay. about that. Okay. And in regards to your question, which actually does kind of fit into okay. this, is that hyperlexic kids as a whole tend to be higher IQ as well. Like hyperlexic kids always really do well because okay. they are so hyperlexic and we can use writing and reading to prompt them for a number of things. 
So, and hyperlexia is just the, the being able to uh, identify sort of the symbolism of letters earlier than typical, okay. so very good readers. These are the kids who teach themselves to read at age three or two. Okay. Extremely high-functioning kids. But that doesn't necessarily mean, not all, not all kids who are obsessed with letters become hyperlexic, but I would say probably the majority do. Okay. Okay, so now, uh, what I would suggest you do, and it's funny that mom, I love mom, parents are just so intuitive about this stuff and they're just so get it, like no other, you know, people in the field, professionals never get it the way a parent gets it. You're the it. only person who thinks that, and that's, that's one of the so reasons true. why you're, oh, why you're so wonderful. Because <laughs> nobody so, else no, gives us any credit. Things, these are things <laughs> I learned from parents and from having seen thousands of kids, uh -huh. you know. Like one of my kids, if I mentioned to you just recently, one of my kids who was obsessed with letters, actually is now recovered, said, I do this when I'm overwhelmed, you yeah. know? And mom is pointing to that. It's absolutely true. It's, you're right. A lot of our kids do the self-symmetry stuff they do when they're overwhelmed. And that's why I've always said the word self-stimulatory is kind of a silly word. It should yeah. be more like self-soothing. Yeah. Because most of the reason our kids do these activities is because they're trying to calm down, you know? So I, don't, I also don't think you should necessarily take it away, but I do agree that you should make it very uh, um, sort of appear normal, let's say, you know, fit into his, his or her life and, and society. And you should limit the time frame. That's always the success factor. So with a lot of my kids, they become very obsessed with something. And what we do is we permit it during a specific time frame and not permit it during other time frames. So when, depending on your child's functioning level, if it occurs outside of that time, then they are either losing tokens or, you know, losing access to a toy or some, some sort of response cost. Mm -hmm. And the rules are that you will be reinforced actually initially so that the child realizes, well, big difference. I get reinforcers if I do it from this time to this time, and I lose reinforcers if I do it any time outside of that. Now, when I say from this time to this time, if your child has any comprehension of time, obviously that's great. If they don't, it's just, you could use things like, you know, um, at recess, before breakfast, you know, after lunch or whatever mm -hmm. it is and you give a time frame and you actually set a timer. And during that time, initially you can let the child go, go to town on it, you know, do yeah. whatever they want to do, but uh, then you want to start to shape it to, to a more appropriate type of thing, like for instance what you've done. But hey, if your child's so much into this, like uh, uh, just start teaching them to write. Get them those uh, tracing pads that actually start having the child write letters, then start having words. Get them one of the electronic, what are they called? Uh, uh, frog, uh, the, the leapfrog, leapfrog, the leap, the leap pads, and that. Yes, oh, they yes, have. We, yes. we gave some great ones away at Christmas time, where they an interactive reader where they can write things exactly, and it exactly. and it tells them when they've gone off the line exactly. and it, and it and, asks and, them questions. And how wonderful that uh, you know your child's obsessed with something that they're going to be doing for the rest of their lives, reading yeah. and writing. Yes. So get it's a quality problem. It's a quality, but it's it's a problem nonetheless. I can yeah. understand why she's yeah. concerned now. Um, I think that you said something else about the child uh, holds or touches letters or what There's was a wooden that? letter right, uh, right. that he wants to hold. Right, uh, right. Let me find okay. a place in that. So uh, I want to I come back to that issue, um, which is kind of, it's just a different aspect of the same thing. Mm -hmm. This is uh, whenever you have the, the, your child uh, wanting to hold something 
it's a it's a very much a it's a lower way of saying like a smaller version of hoarding mm -hmm. and this is a, a safety factor this is, comes from anxiety so this is with little kids when they are carrying around their blanket mm -hmm. or their stuffed animal um, and this is why my garage is a mess too right <laughs> yeah this is it well maybe <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hoarding comes from, I mean, hoarding is the absolute extreme, um, the the minimal version of it with every child, they, they usually have a favorite object, a favorite stuffed animal, a favorite whatever, and, it, and you know, everything depends on having that with them. And that's just, that's just security. That's just a security blanket. That's all it is. And so if your child's just wanting to hold that, then I, I wouldn't, I would think you should get them a very small letter and that they can actually put in their pocket. Okay. And if they get very anxious, they can put their hand in their pocket and feel it. I also think that over time, this object will change. I don't think it has, it could very much be just a letter because of the fact that your child is very good with letters. Like so, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, at this point, this is the object. And so you want to be able to allow your child to have that. However, if they're rubbing their hands on the object, then it could also be a sensory need. Like you really need to figure out what the reason is for each of the behaviors and not assume that it's just because it's a letter. But I like the idea that, you know, let him have it in a really appropriate size so he can have it in his pocket so that we yeah. don't have to be taking away the comfort from it. And, yeah, yeah. and that can be worked on over time. I mean, how, don't, a lot of people have, um, what is it, rabbit's feet, yes. a rabbit's foot on their keychain or something. Yeah. Or, even if you, I mean, how many people will play with something in their hands, right? A they lot even make people. something called a worry stone. That's a flat little Absolutely. stone that you can rub with your, correct, your thumb. Correct, it's correct. called a worry stone. That's right. That's um, right. So uh, I love that. And if, it, if you can find a small letter, then he could have that and it could be in the pocket and he could stick his hand in his pocket whenever he needed to. That's right. What a wonderful thing. Yeah. I love that you're on our side. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's I've learned everything from the parents. <laughs> I love that. All right, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with more of your questions for Dr. Doreen Grampuche. Stick with us. Hello there, fellow activist. You're an activist because you're making the world a better place for someone living with autism. Now on Autism Live, you learn all about your children. You learn about their bodies and their brains. But this empowerment moment is all about you. It's about your heart and your soul. Now don't worry, I'm not gonna have you start singing Kumbaya or doing chanting. Let's talk about blessings. One of the blessings of living with a child with autism is learning to love them unconditionally. Learning to love them despite all the ups and downs, all the sacrifices. In fact, you learn to love them more so because of them. I call this my empowerment prayer. God grant me the wisdom to see my disability as an opportunity, the courage to love my child unconditionally, and the faith to live a life of purpose. So going from the sublime to the ridiculous, I have a little song for you today. It's a rap song, so I know that an old or, okay, middle-aged white woman rapping just doesn't seem right, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. My style is a little like Nicki Minaj meets Dr. Seuss. Nancy's Autism Rap. 
It's just a diagnosis, your life's not over. Don't lay there like a dog, get up, Rover. You say your head is spinning with GF, CF, ABA, IEPs, and neurofeedback? Autism tough, that much is true, but you'll survive because you're you. Your life's not over, it's just begun, so walk out that door and go be someone. More Dr. Seuss than Nicki Minaj. Until next time, Stay strong and keep the faith. Welcome back to Autism Live and to Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grandpache is here with us and we're having such a good time having her address your questions. Again, I want to remind you that if you go to autism-live.com right now, you can be asking questions on the live feature and you are overwhelmingly. Somebody has written in this morning and said, my adult son only wants to talk about the same three topics of conversation. Mm, yeah. How can I help teach him conversation skills and thanks? Yeah, this is, it's not that he doesn't have conversation skills, it's that he's not interested in anything other than what's interesting to him. Yeah. So that's more of an issue of theory of mind. Okay. Um, so we, there's many things you have to do. Um, gosh, this one's too complicated for me to want to answer in one, one short thing, but what I will suggest that you do is you really should be on skills because conversational skills come together in many, many different ways. One is sort of just what you were referring to as all the techniques or the, the, te the skills involved with that conversation. And I've said this a few times before, it's like, it's not just the content, it's like how do I, it's also in addition to knowing content. Um, then it has to do with, you know, joining a conversation, initiating a conversation, ending one appropriately, repairing a conversation, having a conversation with one person versus a group, joining a group. I mean, there's a billion things, and these are all different subsets of this lesson called conversa social conversation. Uh, that's just, and that just is the, the how-to, right, which is what this parent is asking about yeah. so I can't really go into how to for each one because there's so many and I really do recommend it that's yeah. the social curriculum of, of skills um, I would very much recommend that you look at that and and try to capture the information in there um, on the other hand it's also an issue of empathy and or or uh, theory of mind which is also empathy it's basically the ability to see other people's uh, perceptions of life and so with that comes the inability when you have a theory of mind deficit it, you you are unable to see that people are interested in different things than you are and that you know you can't keep talking about geography or whatever it is or uh, video games or as video it is games. a lot of the time is yes that what it is? Okay. yes interesting so um I would suggest that you then also go into the cognitive curriculum and skills because the cognitive curriculum mainly focuses on theory of mind. That is all, every lesson in there is about learning to see other people's beliefs, other people's intentions, other people's thoughts, their preferences. That's a very, very important one. Um, and then there's also another lesson which I believe is in the cognition curriculum about reading facial expression and, and body cues mm -hmm. um, and that is important because your child needs to recognize to read from looking at someone else that they're getting 
kind of irritated or bored with the fact that he or she is talking about the same thing again. So, and that, that, that becomes an austere symbol or, you know, a discriminative stimulus for your child to stop and recognize, okay, wait a minute, I'm talking about geography again, and I can see on his face, on so-and-so's face that they're done, they're about to walk away, I need to repair this, and I need to talk about something they're interested in, and how do I know that? Because I've already learned that, and now I'm going to change the subject. So a lot of that, you know, just how we converse is, is a balancing act of, I'd like to put my thing out there without being rude and interrupting or whatever it is, but I also, I want to hear their thing and allow them, and I want to encourage them, and that sort of, uh, back and forth is what we call conversation, and that really does involve perspective taking. Absolutely, and I, and I'm, Emily, help me out because I'm having a, a memory lapse here. We had a gentleman who was on the show about a week ago that has a TED talk that he himself is on the autism spectrum. Okay, uh, and he decided when he found out that he had Aspergers that, um, and they described to him and said you have conversational issues that he was going to figure out everything he could learn to be Daniel Wendler, thank you. Uh, I would encourage you to watch his TED Talk, too, mm -hmm. to see what it's like from a young man's perspective and all the things that you're talking about that he learned. That's fabulous. And, that, and then fabulous. he learned how to apply them. Yes. And we had him on the show, and he is an amazing conversationalist now. That's amazing. I could learn things from him about holding up a conversation. So uh, I just thought it was so enlightening, and he kind of made it a game for himself. I'm going to learn as much as I can about this. And, I, and I, what was really striking to me was how powerful it was for him when he understood what his difference was. He said, I'd been, I felt like I was running against a brick wall my whole life. I didn't understand why I didn't have friends, why things weren't working out for me. I was so smart. But what was the, the problem? Amazing. And then he said, when I was diagnosed and my parents and the doctor sat me down and explained, you have a deficit in this area because you didn't learn these skills. Then the sky was the limit for him. Sort of just the skills of theory of mind, the perspective taking and skills? Perspective taking skills and understanding things like checking in with other people and seeing what their body language was. Right, he right, got very right, interested right. in that. One of the things that he describes in the TED Talk is that he learned that where people's shoes are pointed tells a lot about whether they're interested. So when somebody is talking, you're talking to somebody and their shoes are pointed towards you, that means you have a go to speak more. But when their shoes are pointed towards the door, they want the conversation to end. I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. And he, he also has a website, improveyoursocialskills.com. But uh, I encourage you to watch his TED Talk, though, and, and if your child is at a point as a teenager where he might find it interesting, that's awesome. it that's could very, be something really exciting for Absolutely. him to And I have to tell you, I had yesterday one of the most amazing experiences I've had, which is I got the opportunity to wear a and play with a Google Glass. <gasps> How you know, fun! And Google Glass, I don't think, is out there yet, and it's $1,500, but you can only purchase them with invitation, which yeah. we're very blessed because we're getting an invitation now for that. But these are very interesting things for those who don't know what it is. It's just a frame. It looks like glasses, but it doesn't actually have glasses. It's just a, a metal frame that you put on. And on one side, of course, is a little bit heavier because there's a speaker and, and also a sensor. Um, and in the very top corner of the right side, there's a very small glass, very tiny little square, like sort of the size of a nail. 
and it's right at the top right and so you're generally looking straight ahead it doesn't disturb your vision but if you slightly look slightly up not even that high up just slightly up you see this screen and it's a full computer screen like it is a complete screen and you uh change the screen or pick things by doing this on the sensor here which is very easy or this you know just like a mouse right wow. or you talk to it so just like Siri so you can say you know go Google or Google down Google up all this sort of stuff and it's very cool um, and one of the people that we were meeting with at Chapman who were absolutely brilliant um, mathematicians and computer experts and, and engineers and so on are just fascinating um, were telling me that one of the things that is being developed right now is facial recognition for the Google Glass wow. where essentially it's not that it teaches you it just identifies for you so because it has a camera so and, and that is the thing it also does have a camera and you can set the camera to uh, to take pictures based on your eye blink it's ridiculous what's coming out now so uh, essentially it, it captures immediate pictures of the person you're talking to and actually identifies for you this person is sad this person is embarrassed this person is happy because we have such great expert you know f uh, software out there now wow. so it's it's a whole different world coming trust me Jem's gonna be in the right world I was, I, we're in the wrong I, world I know I, I I can just picture my child's head exploding he would be so excited to wear glass as they say we uh, we're getting one once we get it we're gonna start designing games for it you should come and try ours out it's crazy okay. it's mind ch it's just it blows your mind i couldn't believe the number of things that are like one of the things that these this group is developing right now and i also really wanted is uh they ha they're developing a schedule think of how simple that is just the schedule so you, you know just like on your outlook schedule uh -huh. it'll be on here so for our kids who don't know where they're going next yeah just to know okay this is what's coming next this is it's going to reduce their anxiety so much uh, for me i was telling them can you please also set like some sort of timer on each session because or like an egg timer or something visual that allows our kids to understand when we say you'll get that later yeah. or after this because they don't get time yeah and it would be so fascinating to have that oh, you know goodness. and oh it's 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 life-changing and of course this is because he's uh, has a child with autism wow yeah it's just amazing that how the world is changing it's a very exciting time wonderful. to live in yeah very exciting time to live in I just hope I can keep up and I'm glad that I have Jem to explain it all to me yeah <laughs> right, and, I, I'm, and I'm so glad that I got into this field so long ago because it's just I, you know it's such a large field now it's such yeah. so many people are afflicted with this and or affected by this in mm -hmm. some way or another and I just I have to say I mean I love my kids I love being part of this I, there's nothing like this field because it's sort of a where it started out I mean part of the satisfaction for me is how people view autism now has changed it still needs to change more but it has changed you know um, Something this dad said to me yesterday, he said, I, my daughter goes to school and I hate the fact that people still see her as not a child, but a child with autism. And I understood that, but it was very, uh, very amazing way to say that, a very intelligent man. But um, 
having said that, I think the view of autism has changed a lot, and people are less scared. It yeah. needs to change even more, but people are beginning to get fascinated with some aspects of it. I mean, autism is difficult. I don't want the world to forget how difficult it is for the families. But at the same time, I want people to understand that the kids are smart, brilliant, different, mm -hmm. teaching us new things, going in a different path, mm -hmm. not not uh, the way that they used to view autism years ago, which is sort of mentally retarded or abnormal. I hate that. Yeah. And I love the fact that people are beginning to get gain curiosity and understand, wow, these, these kids, th and the world is changing, you know? Like mm -hmm. we have, now we have the ability to go to movie theaters where the sound and the light is moderated, you know? Now we have all these modifications, like, you can go buy gluten-free stuff anywhere. I love that, that I'm living part of this, you It's know? amazing. We talked the other day about Betty Crocker. You can go to almost any grocery store now. You can get a Betty Crocker birthday cake mix that is gluten-free. It's crazy. I, I, I just I mean, keep saying to people, that? pinch me, what world am I living in? Exactly. Or <laughs> How'd we get here? Or when I went to, the, I took my kids to Islands the other day, uh -huh. right? And they have a gluten-free whole menu. I was Yay. like, yeah. I love that. It's That's amazing. amazing. Yes, now when I go to any place and I say, do you have a gluten-free menu, I at least 50% of the time, the person knows what I'm talking about. At yes. least 50% yes, of the time, yes, if yes, not more. Yes, it's, yes. it's amazing. And of course, as you said, we have further to go, but isn't it nice that we are on the path? To be part of this path. change and to appreciate this change. Yes. I mean, you can go anywhere now and there's a Whole Foods. You can, we're, we have so much, people in the States, we just don't realize how lucky we are. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I have very good friends in South Africa and other parts yes. of the world. and I. They have access to nothing yet. Nothing. I mean, this is a really, really good time in the States. We're, we're, we are paying attention to the needs of individuals with autism, and it's good. It's a good thing. Absolutely. And I do think it's worthwhile as we forge on and as we do more every once in a while to stop and have a moment of gratitude and saying, you know, this things is, are changing. And, and gratitude for the people who really <laughs> got in the trenches, like right. yourself, and so many parents who fought so hard before we picked up the mantle. And now we, we forge on ahead and set the pace for the rest of the world, which is... Having said that, I do still, you know, think that we also brought a lot of this on ourselves because of toxicity in our environment. Yes. So it's kind of a, a cycle, you know, where we make our own environments more toxic and then go through and make them more healthy. And this is what we do. And if you're interested in that topic, Nancy and I are going to be covering a news story about that, a new study that's out showing that it's more and more. Um, we're seeing some of the different things environmentally that have the potential to uh, trigger autism. So we'll be talking about that in uh, the next hour. But we're going to take a short break and be back with more of your questions for Dr. Doreen Grampuche during Ask Dr. Doreen. Stick with us. Hi guys, welcome back to Smarty. This month we're going to make some gluten-free Play-Doh. It's a great activity because A, I know a lot of our kids have an allergy to gluten and B, it's super cheap and cost-effective to make your own. So let's get started. The materials you'll be needing are one cup of white rice flour, half a cup of cornstarch, half a cup of salt, one tablespoon of cream of tartare, one and a half teaspoons of vegetable oil, one cup of water, food coloring, a saucepan, and a spatula. So as you guys can see, I'm in my kitchen because I'm going to be using the stovetop to make the Play-Doh. First what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my pot and fill it up with all the dry ingredients, okay? 
dry ingredients in the saucepan, I'm now gonna add the what once, the vegetable oil and the water. I'm gonna turn the pan onto low heat and continue stirring. What I want to make sure happens is that it gets solidified and gooky looking, you'll see in a second, but not overcooked, okay? You're just trying to get the materials to kind of congeal. You know the dough is ready. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna just take it off the stovetop and let it cool. Once it's cool, then you're gonna add your coloring and boom, you've got gluten-free Play-Doh. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Play-Doh with your kids. Until next time, craft on guys. Can you see me flying by your side? Welcome back to Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampache is here with us. And as I've mentioned before, she is a true expert in the field of autism and working Thank in you. this field for multiple decades. I, I really don't like to give it away how long you've been working in this field. Um, but uh, she's answering your questions. I want to remind you that you can be writing in on the live feature, and you guys have been. Uh, somebody had written in and said, my five-year-old hits kicks, spits the kids at the kids in his class, and then laughs. I think he is attention-seeking. What can we work on at home? He also won't stay in his seat in the lunchroom. He has a para at his table, but once he is finished eating, he wants to run around. Thanks you. Thank you so much. A lot okay. of different things there, right? A lot of different things. Um, I would, you might be right that it's attention seeking. It could also be a number of different things. You, I, you know, it's funny because a lot of times when our kids are attention seeking, they don't realize that they're seeking the attention in a very bad way or in an embarrassing way or so on. So there is a, uh, you know, they, they might do extremely odd things or things that will actually stigmatize them amongst their peers and nevertheless they gain reinforcements because they're not differentiating good or bad attention. Mm -hmm. Peers might be getting frustrated or irritated, angry and still our child's getting attention. It, it is really, a, a, you know, if it is attention seeking, the child, your child's trying to, to interact, you know, and, and they're just doing it in the wrong way. So the best way for you to deal with this is to go on our BIP builder. I'm trying to remember, like if you go on skills, um, there's a section called CIFA. I think you can actually do this uh, aside from skills independently as mm -hmm. well. You absolutely can. So the, this is the, uh, what you need to do is a uh, functional assessment. It's, it's essentially a series of questions and that's the CIFA. And then, you know, it'll ask you things like, does he do it when he's only when he's around children? Does he do it at the, a certain time of the day? Does he do it in these circumstances? Because it's a, trying to identify the exact function of those behaviors. Now, because it's this whole sequence of hitting, I don't know, pinching, hitting, and spitting, each of those behaviors could have a different function as well unless they always happen together in that sequence and the answer to all the questions on the CIFA end up being the same. So then you'll recognize, oh, okay, it is one function. But it is very important not to assume that it is attention seeking and because it could also be avoidance, for instance, or escape. In other words, he does that stuff when someone asks him something and he's trying to avoid looking bad or he's trying to avoid doing something. I mean, you really do need to 
uh, identify or it could just be sensory or you know he's just uh, doing it to have fun he thinks it's fun so you need to really do the sifa and the sifa will tell you uh, what the most likely function is as the indirect assessment, functional assessment, and then that will link you to our BIP builder, and the BIP builder will, behavior intervention plan builder, will tell you what to do with it. And I just want to interrupt you for one second to tell you that CIFA and the BIP builder that she's talking about, you can find them at skills, S-K-I-L-L-S, bipbuilder.com so that's where you want to go skillsbipbuilder.com and that's where you'll find those they are Is also bip.com or bipbuilder bipbuilder.com that's a long one uh, it is it is but you can also it is also a part of skills as well but if you don't want to do all of skills and you only want to do the B, the uh, the cifa and the bip builder you can go to skillsbipbuilder.com or if you want to try the whole thing out 14 days right, with skills right. for autism I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I just wanted please, to... thank you, because I didn't know the exact email address or the URL. But it's very important because, uh, you know, whenever you're dealing with just challenging behaviors, go to CIFA and BIP Builder. When you're dealing with trying to teach skills, go to skills. Um, for autism.com and they of course these two things interact because yeah. the more skills your child has uh, to gain their attention for instance appropriately the less likely he'll do these things so they're they're very related you have to make sure the child has appropriate skills at the same time um, but you know I wouldn't even attempt to tell you right now how to deal with this because first you need to identify exactly the function and by the way, once you've identified the function, you know, two-thirds of the whole thing is done right there because it'll, the BIP builder will give you numerous, like maybe ten different things you can do. Um, a lot of different things, from changing the antecedents or the scenario or circumstances to blocking it, preventing the child to, uh, you know, removing reinforcers when this occurs, to giving your child an alternative, which is probably the most important thing to do, giving your child an alternative way of communicating whatever it is he's trying to accomplish. So that's why the function becomes important. So all of that together, it's just, it'll go through one by one. And, you know, you'll receive a numerous uh, list, a large list of choices of how to deal with this. And, and it's not a big deal. A lot of children do this. Um, you know, it's, it's a young behavior. It's something we do to get attention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had somebody who wrote it in and said that they were watching on Saturday morning. I love that you told us that that's when you were watching. Uh, they said, I have an eight-year-old son, nonverbal, going through lots of changes in his life. Lost his father on oh. the 29th of October. Had a behavior therapist for two years daily, and the grant ran out at the, on, on 12-31 of last year. <sighs> so lost a lot of people in his life. Uh, too many... Uh, to many changes brought lots of aggression um, and and so wanting some advice about that and they also mentioned too that they would love to have the knobby pads we were giving two of the knobby tablets away uh, we did give those two knobby tablets away but I will tell anybody uh, if you're watching knobby does have a program to donate more it's called their inspire program go to their website and you can fill out a grant for their inspire program and I will also tell you that the Holly Rod Foundation is going to be giving more of those knobby tablets away um, but in any case in terms of you know, 
the, all that loss yeah, and the horrible, aggression. It's horrible stuff. How old is the eight-year-old? Eight eight-year-old boy. Nonverbal. Yeah. Ugh. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, the, the the feeling of loss of all those things and not having a way to communicate that. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. To think about. Yeah, I know. It's it's very overwhelming. So I like I feel like I need to just give you some resources because okay. I'm not sure you're asking for any particular help, but yeah. I'm want to just give you some resources because first thing is and I don't know where the families are, which then also kind of made me think that you really should Shannon, have Julie on the show before the end of this month. It's okay. very important for California, for instance, if you sign up with uh, the California care, you know the insurance uh, for California covered, California covered. Uh, and you do have the option and you will go to Blue Shield and then it'll be picked up by Magellan and you will get really good services in California okay. for your child. So I want any parent out there who is uh, in California, I need, you should be signing up for California coverage if you don't have coverage right now. And there is an, uh, the next deadline is the end of the month. I'm it assuming that's why, that, that's why you want me to correct, have Julie on correct. before the end It's of the very month. important. And like, I don't know with other states when their deadlines are passed or coming, but you really should be able to get coverage. Um, and that's my number one guidance to this family is please get coverage because you should not be depending on a grant. If your child is nonverbal and eight, you need help. Yeah. The child needs support, period. That's, there's no excuse, you know, that no funding agency should be giving you an excuse about that. Um, if you don't have insurance or, you know, for some reason you can't sign up, then you should also be talking to your regional center and getting coverage. If you're not in California, if you're somewhere else, I promise you there's some form of funding that you can get, whether it's from Medicare or, or insurance in a lot of states, obviously. And uh, you, you need the support right now. Your child needs the support right now. I can't imagine that how much you must be going through. Uh, with your child having lost uh, a father and you trying to console your child and then also having lost the, the um, therapist or caretaker or whoever yeah. it is that, that was working on the grants with you. But so I think that you just need to gain support as much as possible right now. And yes, your child's going to go through, like any other eight-year-old child, um, you know, you want to keep your child busy, distract them, allow them time to grieve. I mean, you know, there are certain steps you go through when you have loss and everybody needs to have those steps and be able to feel angry, feel alone, feel hurt, all those different feelings. And so you don't want to interfere with that, but at the mm -hmm. same time, you don't want to drag it on. You don't want to let yeah. your child drag on too long. It's funny because this morning I just could barely uh, take myself away from home because my housekeeper's mom passed away last week and oh. she's still a wreck, you know. Yeah. I think maybe it's two weeks, but she's really having a hard time with it. And you just, you have to force yourself sometimes to move on. Yeah. So um, that's a very difficult situation, especially with our kids who have a little bit less understanding. But this is, you know, when you're nonverbal, I don't, you have to have access to uh, like an iconic system like PEX. You have to have learned sign or PEX or be able to communicate on an iPad or on a... On a, um, on a Nobby or, or on some a other kind or, of tablet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to have someone who will teach your child that. If not now, they will need it their whole lives. You need to have, otherwise your child will still start having major behaviors because they can't communicate any other way. Yeah.
And, and what else would any of us do if we couldn't communicate? Exactly. I think we'd all be aggressive. This uh, question came in on Facebook this morning. Uh, what can parents do if ABA therapy is not available where they live? Which sort of picks up where you left off. If you do have access to it, you need to be getting that insurance in place. But there are still, unfortunately, some places in the world where there isn't an ABA provider there. And I know there are lots of different things that you've put in place for those families. Yeah, we can help you wherever you are. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Wherever you are we can help you it's through our remote services program we used to call them workshops now we just part of the remote services and what you do is when you call into our 800 number you just specifically request remote services and then you'll go to that department and they'll explain to you more detail what that is but essentially what it is is we send out a supervisor to you um, and then the supervisor will uh, find local therapists or people in your environment that, and hire them, CARD will hire them, and then we will train those people according to our own protocol and oversee them and the supervisor will fly back and forth and also then provide supervision through um, web, you know, so like Skype for instance. So we'll be able to oversee your program no matter where you are and we've started doing this a couple of years ago because of the fact that insurance companies need some of their their employees or clients to receive help fast. So we can do this pretty fast, but you will need funding. That kind of is still an issue in some states, not so much as it used to be, but you know, if, um, we, if you call our admissions department at CARD, um, those guys are amazing. They will give you every possible means of funding that uh, that we know of and they'll research that stuff for you and help you and guide you and so please do that they know more than I do about different states and different funding sources and so on and and this this I just want to be clear that it's not just for the United States it's all over the world oh, yes, I got the sense uh, that this is a, uh, an international issue so yeah uh, absolutely and you know we we have a lot of sort of affiliates going on right now as well. Mm -hmm. So you really do want to, we, you know, as you know, we have our program in South Africa, now we also have it in Thailand, and now we're doing a big program all over the Middle East and in South America. And so you really need to contact admissions and ask to talk to someone in remote services. We have, this is John Galley's program, he's the director of remote services, and we have an unbelievable group of people in remote services and the they're things, rock stars the things they're doing and the traveling and all the places they go and the help they give it's sort of like an, another card I mean they're amazing yeah uh, in fact a lot of the I, I'm familiar with a lot of those people that are part of that core that goes around around the world and they are some of the best and brightest absolutely uh, Peter and like rock Kat stars and, yeah, rock terrific stars people, terrific. Uh, so don't feel like oh who am I gonna get that yeah. uh, these are amazing Amazing people. We had some of them when they were young uh, and just starting out, and I can tell you they they've just gotten better. You couldn't do better. Right. Uh, right. Really amazing. Right. Okay. Our, uh, we're down to the end here, but our good friend Mike Hippel, who writes in from time to time, uh, ha says that he is going to be speaking about autism to a sixth grade class next Tuesday uh, about Autism Awareness Month, and uh, he wants to include some videos in his speech, and he's uh, he's also 
also looking for four to five middle school books with a character who has autism for them to read after their vacation. Mm. Now, of course, I, I swear that something has happened with my brain today. I can think of a bunch of things, but I can't think of the titles of them, Mike. So I'm gonna, I'll go through and find those for you, and I'm gonna email those to you separately. But any videos that you can think of about autism that might be cool for him to show? Sixth graders. I don't. I mean, I think you should. I guess uh, just look on our YouTube channel, or, or where we have hundreds and hundreds of videos. You know, for me, I think uh, what I think is fascinating for kids when I when they see this is that they don't know much about the, the key to teaching young children about autism is to get them to understand the coolness of mm -hmm. autism rather than them thinking that children with autism are retarded or they're different in a bad way. I think it's important for other children to understand that autism is different, but you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's worse. It's in some cases it's a better. So I think if you look in our YouTube stuff, you might be able to find some videos that show the incredible strengths of our children. I think that's probably the most important thing. Like some of our kids are just, you know, brilliant musicians, um, brilliant artists. Um, that's what I would focus on is like, you know, this is also what autism is about. These yeah. are these are very talented children also. Uh, who are even academically advanced sometimes, and that's very important. Really incredible, and we wish you great luck, Mike. But that's I will, wonderful, yeah. I will email you separately to uh, come up with some titles to some books. I just, I can, I, I'm like that, that book with the girl, and I can't think what the title. Is. <laughs> uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, in any case, we're unfortunately out of time. We didn't get to all the questions, but we keep them banked, and we get to them eventually. Thank you so much for being pleasure, here with always. us. Uh, I, I beg to differ. It's our pleasure entirely. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a break and go to the A Word. This is the ongoing documentary being made here at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. It follows a little boy, Jack Riley, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. And what you're seeing is at the beginning of his early intervention, what it was like, how the family began to really buy into how effective this was going to be with Jack Riley. We see that he's already starting to make progress. He's about a month and a half in, and they're going to start to take on some of the bigger issues like his food selectivity and toilet training. But first, they want to make sure that he's pretty safe. They're working on stop and go. After this video, we'll be back with Let's Talk Autism with Shannon Nancy and our very special guest, Jenny Wu, will be with us. We're going to be talking about what it's like for our military families when someone in the family is diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder. But first, this is the A word. Jack's morning routine. He just got out of bed. He's a happy guy. He's sitting with dad, drinking some milk, watching some tunes. Hi, Jack. Good morning. Good morning. How old are you, Jack? Two. How old are you, Jack? Can you say good morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good. That's good. That's good. Sometimes he arranges the coins lately. Been there. Used to just put them straight in the piggy bank, and now he likes to play with them and arrange them.
Nice. Pictures? 
More? More pictures? Here, you can look at the pictures. Here, I'm gonna show Suzanne what you know. How about let's look at the ones that you do know? Those are the ones that you don't Bunny. know. Bunny. Between last week and today, Jack is able to label more cards. He's interested in identifying the images and consequently building his vocabulary. As the weeks progress in his ABA therapy, so has his skills. In two months, he's gone from babbling to enunciating certain words clearly. With prompting, he's able to practice appropriate speech when playing and requesting objects. Eventually, the prompting will fade and he will do it on his own. Each new skill acquired builds on the previous one. You're interested again? Here, why don't you go over there? Go over here and you can see better. Tree. What's that? Tree. Oh, you want to move it for me? Show me your train. Yeah, move it. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I am Nancy. And I'm Shannon. <laughs> uh, so thrilled to be here with you. Hello, my friend. And you look gorgeous as always. Thank you. I, you Fantastic I Sam. Hair. I do a blow dry at Fantastic Sam's, 25 bucks, and it lasts me the week, believe it or not. But that's probably because what I consider acceptable like a week later is probably not what other people would consider acceptable. You're rocking it, honey. So well, thank it you, all, darling. It all looks good. Thrilled thank to you. be here with you. We've got yes. a lot to cover. We and do. A, and a wonderful guest. Yes, we do. So thrilled uh, to have Jenny Wu with yes. us. Yes. So she's a military mom. Yes. Has, uh, been, has benefited from Active Day grants twice now, maybe three times. And she is now the campaign director for our Act Today for Military Families uh, big event that's coming up. So we're going to talk about her life and some of the special challenges for military families. And she's just beautiful, bubbly, and everybody's going to love her. Yeah, really so, excited about but that. But first, we've got some disturbing stories to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, this... Uh, I had not heard about this story until yesterday, I believe, uh, and I think you brought it up last week with Holly Robinson. Yeah, Kate. we mentioned this briefly in, 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 when we were talking about teens and how important it is to teach our teens what's safe and what isn't, and we mentioned it briefly, and afterwards everybody said, they. I thought everybody knew about it already, and we didn't go into depth, and people okay. were saying, we don't know what happened. So we're going we're gonna to go over this horrible case of the uh, uh, boy on the yes. autism spectrum. 16-year-old yes. boy with autism in Southern Maryland and uh, apparently from what I'm reading from all the articles was he was assaulted by two teenage, two teenage girls one of them he even considered his girlfriend yeah which and is so just horribly um, perplexing and disturbing because I think so many of us have 
uh, typical children that are that our children are friends with yeah. that we trust with our children right. and uh, certainly this is something that you know I don't think we can all go oh wow we're going to have to be afraid of every typical peer that our that our child associates with but in this case apparently the two girls um, he and, and we he should be clear his friends still all of the news is saying they allegedly assaulted him sexually as, and and in so many different ways uh, yeah. assaulted and sexually assaulted and harassed and put him in in harm's way repeatedly and everybody is saying allegedly and i i guess legally we have to say that but we should also be clear they videotaped they it videotaped on it. their phone too. so the video the videos uh the girls are age 17 and 15 the boy is 16. they have repeatedly attacked him and assaulted him and recorded the attacks. Uh, the videos show them holding a knife to the victim's throat, forcing him to perform various sexual acts, kicking him in the groin and dragging him around by his hair. And then at least once, the two suspects lured the victim into a, a partially frozen pond to chase the ball, even though they knew the ice was thin. And when he fell through the ice several times, they refused to get him out, and he had to pull himself out of the pond, and they videotaped all of this. And, and there are some very sordid details that go along with this as well. Some of the sexual assault, allegedly, they're uh, videotaped of and animals involved very sordid and and really disturbing right and the way that this all came about that they found out what was happening is apparently the younger of the two girls the 15 year old her mother her mother saw a videotape of what was happening on the 15 year old's phone and she was part of how this all came out. I okay. really have to applaud that mom. I do too, because the mother could have stayed silent to protect her daughter. So let's say kudos to that mother. Absolutely. And then um, the mother of the boy has said that um, he's been he's been diagnosed um, with autism since elementary school, and she said that when he tried to she tried to get more details from him, and this is all understandable. He he had not been forthcoming. He shrugged it off as playful behavior with his two friends, and she said that the son is fairly independent, performs well in class, but is socially naive and could not have comprehended that he might have been manipulated. He's not a good judge of people. She's quoted as saying, "I keep trying to talk to him about it, but it's hard to get much out of." Uh, this is what so-and-so told me uh, what happened and he said oh the girls were just playing around he didn't deny any of it um, so but the fact that it's on the phone and we do have the recording is proof enough so it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this case um, and all I can say is Thank God he's not traumatized by the event and seems to be dealing with it fairly well on his end. I agree. And I think, you know, the reason why we talked about this uh, with Holly was that Holly said she brought up the article yeah. for her son and said, I want you to sit and I want you to read this and understand right. what's happening. I know I, my son and I were taking a walk around the block the other day and we had a discussion about it. Uh -huh. And I said, you know, if your friends ask you to do something that hurts you, yeah. um, or, you know, we went through a whole range of things and we were talking about, do, are they really your friend? Yeah. And it's one thing to say those things. That's not the end of the lesson. I need to be vigilant and watching and, and making sure as well. But, but I think it needs to start somewhere with yeah. each child on a level that they can begin to understand. Well, this is, you know, this is one of our number one uh, concerns as parents of children on the spectrum. And then they went on, I, we have another article about 
uh, autism causes teens to be more prone to bullying, which is sort of the duh hurt around the world. Um, but uh, the t there was a 2012 study that um, in the archives of pediatrics and adolescent medicine found that 46% of autistic teenagers have reported being bullied to their parents. And another study from the Interactive Autism Network showed that 63% of children with autism spectrum have bullied at times in their, their lives. So um, Peter Sturzing from the University of California, Berkeley, uh, who was the 2012 study's lead author, called bullying a profound public health program. So I believe, oh, and this was interesting, the highest functioning autistic children in the study were actually at the greatest risk of being bullied, apparently because they interacted with peers in a more conventional manner. Uh, it, it's really disturbing, and we've talked a lot on the show about things you can do to bully-proof your children uh, and things that we can do to help other kids understand our kids so that they don't bully them, but we'll never, we're, we're never going to be done. There's more, so much more to be talked yeah, about. never going to be done, and, and never going to be done talking to our neurotypical children about how really being a hero is to be a friend and to uh, stop any bullying that you yeah. see and that we have to educate all our kids. And if you see an incident, try to use it as an opportunity to educate. Yeah. Um, because I've seen many of those incidents with Wyatt, with children making fun of him, and I really do, I go over and I say, he has autism, and let me tell you how these kids are different, and you can be a friend to him, yeah. you know, so try to use it. You're very good. I am I am less good in the moment, you but I'm working them. on it. Okay. No, I don't want to kill them, but I, I, but I, you know, I go up and say, where are your parents? I'm going to talk to your parents, yeah. and then yeah. I go to the parents and say, school your children. Get right. it together. Right. Like, buy a vowel. Well, be in the 20th century. Hello, yeah. 21st yeah. century. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I am a little less patient. Mm -hmm. um, as, you know, that's when it's kids that I don't know. When it's kids that I do know, I have a great deal more patience. But I, I do sometimes have that chip on my shoulder where you know you see the moms over in the corner and they're just you know yeah. with their their nails perfectly done and they don't it appears and I know nothing is as it appears but it appears that they have no care in the world and here's your child who's struggling yeah. Yeah. to make a conversation with somebody and their kid who has the world on a plate right. Um, you know, makes the comment, that's when I go over and go, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Can we buy a vowel here? Like, how about if you stop being in your fingernails and start talking to your kids about yeah. being nice people? Right. Right. And, and, of course, in that moment, I'm not a nice person, so no, I should make it you a... know, we all have, listen, it affects us very emotionally on a gut level. Nobody wants to see their child bullied, and it makes us very upset and angry. But we have to remember they are the ones with the problem, yes. not us. Yes, so, I agree. Uh, let's talk about this Kristen Cavallari. Now, I don't know this young actress. She was on Laguna Beach and the Hills. The Hills, yes. Okay, do you know who she is? I, she's uh, an actress. I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with her work, but she's married to a pretty uh, famous uh, pro ball player, okay, uh, Jay Cutler, okay, and so well, Chicago Bears quarterback. I don't know when she uh, she was on a show, is my understanding, and she said that um, she was not planning 
to. Uh, wasn't her mission to come out and talk about what her, her mission, personal preferences for vaccination? But she mentioned that she was not planning to vaccinate her one-year-old or any future children because she does believe that vaccines will cause autism, and she can't really ignore that. And she said she's not. It wasn't something she wanted to come publicly out about, but right. she's gotten bombarded by this and caught off guard, and she's continuing to stand up for herself. Now, uh, I heard her say that, um, and I'm imagining, I, I'm not sure that she's speaking about Dr. Jay Gordon, but she said there is a pediatrician that does not vaccinate any of his families, any of his uh, babies and, and toddlers, and they have no incidences of autism in that practice. Now, I know that Dr. Jay Gordon does not advise vaccinating, and he does cater to uh, very, very high-profile celebrities, and um, it is his belief that uh, vaccines can contribute to autism. And, you know, I, I think that she's saying the scary statistics out there, autism, what is prevalent, and we need to say something is going on, whether it's chemicals in our food or the vaccine. So I think what she's really trying to say is sort of where I am, and that is I publicly say um, I, I do I believe that vaccines cause autism? Uh, in, a, in, in a few cases, yes, because if you go into the vac vaccine injury uh, court. program mm -hmm. court, you will see that millions of dollars have been paid out for proven vaccine-triggered autism. Yeah. There are those cases. Yes, they can't, that can't be denied. That it's a, cannot it's a be matter denied. of record. Now, as to whether vaccines are causing this epidemic, I believe that it needs to be studied as whether vaccines in combination with other toxins can trigger autism. So that's my position. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I stand up proudly and say that and say in my own son's case, we know that vaccines played a role because Wyatt had a hyperactive immune system. So essentially any toxin that went into his brain triggered his neuropathways of the brain shutting down. And from what the neuromolecular psychiatrist explained to us is that the speech and communication pathways are often affected the most and first. Mm -hmm. So for what it's worth, that's my belief. And, you know, and I appreciated what she said. Uh, her quote was, listen to each their own. Uh, I understand both sides of it. So yeah. She did uh, say to that. To each their own. And, it's, it's a personal choice. And However, is, we are being pressured clearly by schools and by pediatricians absolutely. to vaccinate. I can understand that concern of not wanting there to be a measles epidemic, a whooping cough epidemic. Yes. But what I believe needs to happen is a very thorough study on vaccines, yes. vaccinated children versus unvaccinated children. I believe more studies need to be done on vaccines in combination with other potential toxins. And I do believe that this will never end until we have some definitive studies done. Parents are always going to question. Well, I agree. I would I would just add the, the you know, and, and for me publicly, what I always say is I certainly don't know the answer. Right. 
I would never pretend that I know the answer to this. And I believe that it's, this is a gut issue for a lot of people. You need to do your own research and figure out what is appropriate for you. That mm -hmm. is what I chose to do is do my research and figure out what was appropriate for my gut. I wish there was more research, but there's already been a great deal of research. But what I think what we need to add, the little you know thing at the asterisk at the end is that there needs to be independent research. Yes. The research can't be paid for by the people who benefit monetarily from giving the vaccines. That's correct. And that hasn't happened. That's correct. Because even though what you may think of as independent organizations uh, oftentimes uh, have board members, committee members on the research team uh, or people part of the research team that do sit on the boards of major pharmaceutical companies and that needs to be taken into effect. Yeah, well, into account. I, you know, a, a lot a lot of questions. A lot of a questions. A lot of questions. But I think um, you know, I believe that oh, she said it on Fox and Friends, I guess, but um, I think that I applaud her for standing by. What, yeah, she what, walked into a firestorm that I don't think she knew she was walking into it. No. no. <laughs> so bless her heart. Uh, uh Okay, one other story, I think, on the um, on the antidepressant autism link. We had two, oh, other, two other stories, stories. actually, okay. but I, I put the packet together today like a puzzle, and I should be taken out to the barn and horsewhipped because <laughs> I can't well, find well, the story well, we, that I want. Well, we read these in advance, but we kind of go, well, you know, Shannon and I will go, what do you think? What should we talk about? But uh, this one was also... Uh, an interesting one uh, that two of today's most alarming health trends are that one in 50 American children now has a form of autism, which that's not, is that the latest? I thought it was one in 88 is the latest. This says one in 50. Yeah, the, I have a problem with that statistic. Okay. And then that the number of people now taking antidepressants like Prozac, Paxil, I raised my hand, uh, Zoloft, Efixer, Lovex, and Celexa, um, has become equally stratospheric with 11% of all Americans 12 and over and a, an astonishing 23%, almost one in four of women in their 40s and 50s, myself included. So um, these SSRIs, this study says that um, four times as likely to develop autism. And this was out of a groundbreaking peer-reviewed study out of California-based Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente. And the year on that, I believe 2007, yes. is that the year on that? Yeah. That's what year that study came out of Kaiser Permanente. And, and the, the gist of this article for me was, how come that study came out in 2007 and everything that was reported about that said, oh, there may be a connection, but we're urging women to continue to take their medication. I know. Um, and, and didn't really tell anyone, but understand that it's a one in four chance. Now, I understand completely the last thing we want is a bunch of depressed, pregnant women right. that's not the answer either but I do think not giving us the information to make choices for us is a bad bad choice for the media yeah, I agree and it's a bad choice uh, and obviously the researchers put it out there and, and it wasn't picked up on by mainstream media if it's just now well they they uh, he goes he quotes some of the different things that they said in like in CNN mm -hmm. that they said oh they're you know basically CNN led with there are questions okay. and and they didn't really report on it in a way if you read the actual study and then you read what CNN wrote you would not walk away and think I need to be worried about this yeah you would come away with completely the opposite exactly um, so well I think once again it points to the fact that 
there is everyone agrees upon the fact that environmental toxins and pollution whatever it may be whether it be in the body in the, you know things we're ingesting or in the air or plastics or food or whatever uh, is causing this epidemic to rise. And that was the study that we had in the packet that I couldn't find, but I have okay. found it now. Okay. Uh, so, and this came out in, uh, it was published by the University of Chicago scientists in the March 13th issue of PLOS, P-L-O-S, uh, computational biology. It confirms the dramatic effect of diagnostic standards, uh, incidence rates, uh, but they go on to say autism appears to be strongly correlated with a rate of congenital mal uh, malformation of the genitals in males across the country. And that correlates with environmental toxins. That's right. So this is how they're starting to put these things together. Now, I had never heard about malformation of the genitals. I hadn't either. Um, being related to toxins and being related to autism, but they're starting to put these things together. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I don't want to put my son's business out on the streets, but he does not have this. <laughs> Mine he doesn't, doesn't have a malformation. No. Um, but I think it's interesting that these kinds of studies, you know, they always say, um, I, I look at studies sometimes and I go, why are we doing that? Yeah. But because sometimes they're able to connect the dots from different things. Yeah. And, and we know apparently from this and other studies that if there is an incidence of a lot of malformation of male genitalia that it is environmental toxins mm -hmm. and they're seeing the correlation mm -hmm. with autism as well so we we just hope for more information we soon so and, we can change something and i wonder how we can do studies that show what a combination of toxins can do. In other words, if you're isolating air pollution, you're isolating right. plastics, you're isolating antidepressants, you're isolating vaccines, yeah. but yet perhaps vaccines in combination with one right. of those is what you know, and so that's a that's, hard thing to do because ethically, what are you going to do? Say to a, a pregnant woman, you go play under this airplane and yeah. breathe that in. Who's yeah. going to want to do that? Yeah. But I do love, we've had uh, David Humphrey on the show, mm -hmm. and he has talked about some studies that they're doing that are sort of on the other end of this, mm -hmm. where they've taken a bunch of pregnant women and they isolate them from a bunch of environmental toxins. Mm -hmm. They clean up their systems so that they don't have a bunch of known toxins like, you know, filling in your teeth and yeah. things like that give them a bunch of supplements and what they're finding overwhelmingly is that their incidence of having children with autism is zero okay zero and not just autism but other childhood diseases mm -hmm. that their incidence of having children with childhood diabetes not there yeah it's and it's not even that it's a low number mm -hmm. they're finding zero mm -hmm. folks that's really astounding if I were a pregnant woman I would be on their doorstep saying or if I was a woman thinking about having children I would and that's be Dave Humphreys with um, uh, there he's with Kirkman Labs, Kirkman Labs and he you can watch we did a, a search in our YouTube we did two different videos with him uh, for David Humphreys and you'll see some of the things some of the studies that they're doing before people are pregnant and once they're pregnant and then in the first year of life. Yeah. It's amazing the results they're coming okay. up with. Really, really amazing. Okay. Well, we I, we know that women, when they're pregnant, can't go off to a mountaintop, you know, where there's no absolutely no pollution and eat 
all pure food and not be exposed to some of these things, but you can certainly be cautious about anything that's been brought up that has shown a link. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. All right. We've got a great guest. We do, we have uh, Jenny Wu, yes. who is a military wife and mom and has a child with autism, Drake, and she is the campaign director for our Act Today for Military Families Run and Festival, and she is out there, you know, leading the charge to help military families get more help for their children with yeah. autism. So she's a, a bundle of energy, and we'll be talking to Jenny when we get back. Stay with us. is the second annual ACT run for uh, autism and military families. We're down here in San Diego. It's absolutely gorgeous morning. All right, let's just stop moving. Let's move those feet. I know it's a little chilly. Some of you are just arriving. Hey, you guys are looking at it. I want to remind you, you are running to raise money for an amazing cause. Our military families with a child of autism. You guys are heroes. Thank you. Are you ready to run? Yeah! Someone who's had a lot of friends who've had children with autism, and I'll tell you, there is nothing more heartfelt than watching the support that this organization provides for families and for militaries and for children. Whoa! Look at this little silver bullet on the side. He's gonna win it! Oh my gosh! Tackle him! Way to throw down a killer personal best, of course, on your act today, 10K. Look at that! That is a serious commitment to no limits racing. You know, a lot of times you hear things about autism, you're hearing about people trying to find a cure, but what happens to the people who are living with it daily with their children? And Act Today supports them with grants and funding for a helmet, for example. And they say in, in the lifetime of a child with autism, you can probably expect to spend about $3 million. So Act Today helps out with this. One in 88 military families have autism. That's entirely too much. We have an autism epidemic. It's almost impossible for families to get the care and treatment they need, particularly the military family who moves on average every two years. Oftentimes they have a parent deployed. Their children do not get the care and treatment they deserve. I hope all of you guys enjoyed running today. We're extremely humbled to get to be the title sponsor of this great event and it's gonna grow every year. We started off as a small company with a big vision and a few years later now, we've uh, donated over three quarters of a million dollars thanks to uh, generous support and generous marketing from our charitable partners. All right, here now we go. On five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. This is International Beat Mega Radio Smasher. time of my life and I've never felt this way before yes I swear this is true and I owe it all to you oh I had a time of my life and I've never felt this way before and I swear this is true and I owe it all to you
We are back, and we have a very special guest. Jenny Wu is the chair of our big event that's coming up at Act Today, our Act Today for Military Families Run and Festival, sponsored by One Hope Wine. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, thank you for having me. It's here. such a thrill to have you here, and you are a very proud military wife. Please tell us about your husband and his service to our country. Well, my husband has been in the service for Eight, going on close to 18 years, um, many, many deployments, and we've lived in some beautiful, beautiful states. We have been blessed with lots of palm trees in our destination. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jenny is, you call him Wu, which is his last name. That's what everybody calls him. Uh, Wu is currently deployed, is he not? He actually just got back. He's in the process of leaving again. Ah, uh, and how, in your marriage, what would you estimate is the time you've been you've spent apart from one another? Oh my goodness. We've been married 13 years this year and five of them it's we did a two and a half year deployment and a 16 month deployment and then um, random little separations here and there. So maybe half of our marriage we've been together. Mm. That's that's tough. Now, not only is that tough, you have a child with autism. Tell us about your beautiful little boy, Drake. Drake is this warm-hearted, gentle, sweet soul. He's just, I heard you speak a little bit earlier, you know, that we learn to love our children unconditionally. And I thought I knew what love was, but I, I can't tell you how much of a joy he is um, he's a mama's boy, and I think that's the best gift he could have ever given me. Mm -hmm. He's also nonverbal, so there's some special challenges along with the autism diagnosis. And he has epilepsy, does he not? Yes. So yeah. nonverbal, has epilepsy, you have a husband that's about to get deployed again. Yes. Jenny, it's just overwhelming to think of some of the challenges and you i have to say you're always a bundle of energy you're so vivacious mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk more about how act today has for military families has helped your family but first tell our viewers how they can families like yours if you see a mom that's struggling just ask her if she needs help if you're frightened I'm sure that child's frightened in the same situation. Another really great way is to spread awareness. If you are educated on autism, share your education. Uh, a really great and amazing way to help benefit a family like myself would be to participate in the run. 
uh, donate on, uh, to the 510K Fun Run that's on April 19th. This is an amazing, amazing gift that you're giving families with the grant program and just the support of the community. And, and that run takes place in, in San Diego, it and is, we should say that, but it, it benefits uh, people all over the United States, yes, and they can participate in it, right? They can participate in it. If, we go to our, if you go to our Cantera site, um, you can donate to, you could donate to Jenny's team. What's the name of your team, Jenny? Team Drake. Team Drake. <laughs> and I am running with Wyatt's Warriors. Love it. So you can go to our Act Today for Military Families, Cantera.org. I think Emily can pick that up, put that up a little bit later. Um, and you can make a donation. You can go on. You can join a team. If you want to participate, you can do an individual entry or you can make a donation to a team. If you're moved by Jenny's stories, make a donation to Team Drake. I mean, $10, $20. Yeah. Uh, join Wyatt's Warriors. I'll be running in it with friends. Um, all the money raised is going to grants for military families. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more specifically about some of the things that you've received, uh, the grants you've received, and how they've helped Drake. Back in a moment. The Institute for Behavioral Training provides courses in applied behavior analysis for the treatment of autism. Access IBTE learning videos on the move and learn at your own pace. I'm going to talk a little bit about intensity. IBTE learning makes any location your classroom on the go. So our objectives for today are to really learn what autism and how is it diagnosed? Get professional guidance with IBT face-to-face -face training. IBT face-to-face -face training courses prepare you to effectively implement ABA-based interventions. Choose between small group and one-to-one -one instruction. Earn BCBA supervision hours via one-to-one -one video conferencing. So I had a chance to review your BIP today. You know what? It looked really good. You did a good job with that. IBT, continuing education courses. Earn credit through webinars, conferences, article reviews, and e-learning videos. You can learn more at ibehavioraltraining.com. IBT, 360 degrees of ABA training. We're back with Let's Talk Autism and Jenny Wu, who is a military wife and autism mom and the chair of our Act Today, One Hope, Act Today for Military Families Running Festival. And uh, Jenny, we're going to put the address up now so people can um, go to that address, Act Today for militaryfamilies.cantera.org. If you go on there, you can make a donation, a direct donation. You can support Jenny's team, Team Drake. You could support uh, my team, Wyatt's Warriors. Um, you can join the race. Um, you can, any way you can help. It's all there, ways you can do it. There's donate buttons and little bits help. Don't feel that you have to make a hundred dollar donation. I, ten dollars. If we way. had, you know, a thousand people at ten dollars, you know, it's, it's just, that's what we need. So, and I want to take a second to talk about some of the, th the ways that this money gets used. Yes. And, and I know that this is something that you are very a part, much a part of, but Jenny, you have benefited yourself from the, from these kinds of funds, correct? Yes, this is how 
our relationship began. I applied for a grant and we were granted. The first grant was a few years ago. It was when we, actually the reason we came to San Diego was because I was seeking biomedical treatment for my son. It is extremely expensive. And I applied for a grant and we were granted the grant. And, and without that, I know there are so many people who are out there watching who are saying, you know, they're not a, a, in the military and they are, would like to do biomedical and you have grants for those kinds of things. Yes. But especially in the military, here you are and your husband is serving our country. And you said half of your marriage, you're away from your husband because you're helping to serve our country uh, by, by being a military wife. And here's your child. I'm imagining that it was not within your budgetary constraints to do that biomedical medical no and the the biggest thing is is because my husband's gone and my son is nonverbal I'm not just we don't have family in the area yeah. I mean it does not allow me to work a full-time job it's just not in our cards you know we've done without a lot for many many years because Drake is our number one priority and there you go so you've got the biomedical grant yes. but, then, but you but you've also benefited in other ways from act today tell um, us Tell us yeah, how. <laughs> we actually, okay, so my husband was um, finding, he found out that he received orders to go to Bahrain and he would be there for over a year. And I was a little nervous because they had such an amazing bond. Like my husband is my son's best friend. Uh. And I just didn't want that time to pass. So I applied for an iPad so that they could FaceTime. We were planning on doing the whole Skype situation, but Drake. <laughs> And uh, he ruined our laptop. He, <laughs> and that's another story. <laughs> you know how those things happen. Yes, yes. I do. But <laughs> so you got, but you got an iPad. We did receive an iPad, and I can. When I got the phone call, Amy called me, and I was, I was in shock. I was like, oh my god! Like, I can't believe that this is happening right now. I was just so relieved to receive the call, it just felt like I won the lottery. Not that I know what that's like, but if I were to assume, it was just such a relief of pressure on how we were gonna make this happen. It was the best timing. And to, to see them FaceTime, it was just absolutely remarkable. He would get excited when the call would come and it was just, it's just really great. And then another grant for yes. So Drake had a talking device that our insurance through the military did fund. Um, the modem went out. I panicked and I was like, oh, my friends at ACT today, I'm going to apply for an additional grant. And he received the touch chat app, which because of iCloud, I'm able to have it on my phone. So if his iPad fails, you know, battery wise, I can pull it up on my phone. And he's I knew he was smart, but he I couldn't I can his vocabulary is unbelievable with with the chat it's absolutely been life-changing it's taught us so much i just it took a really long time for me to enjoy every moment of being with him mm -hmm. and him being able to express how he feels and, and what he wants and relieves the anxiety for him it's just such a it's just been such a beautiful blessing it's been a gift and you also were able to attend the act today for military families film camp inclusion film camp which is run yes. by joey travolta and yes. for the past two years act today has mounted that down in the san diego area down with uh, along with cox communications yes. and what was that experience like for drake jenny 
You know, Drake is really computer savvy. I call him the hacker because I'll put parental blocks on things and he will just manipulate. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. But that being said, I thought that he was going to ex excel. Like I was, I thought, oh, he's going to be a producer. He's going to take over. And you know, something completely different happened at the camp. He received a friend and <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and this little boy every day was, "Where's Drake? Where's Drake?" And I'm actually, it actually allowed me to have a friend that's also another um, autism mom and ex-military, and she's a delight. It's benefited us both in so many ways. Well, great. Well, you yeah. know, I, I have to say, hearing you say this, I, I've been sitting here thinking we really do make a difference because sometimes. You know, the work we do at ACT Today can be so challenging and so frustrating. And Jenny knows we've been out beating the streets for the last, gosh, six months trying to get sponsors and people to participate in this event. And I, I got to say, there's days Jenny and I get on the phone with each other and we say, wow, this is tough. How do we keep doing it? And when I hear about the results of what these grants do, I know as I say, there's no mistakes when you're doing God's work. So yeah. it, it really helps affirm for me, Jenny. So thank you. And you are such a remarkable spokeswoman for us. And this run and this event is going to be great. And it's going to raise a lot of money for our kids. And you're a blessing to us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. It's been healing for me on so many levels. You, I just... If I could Skype hug you. Ah, uh, we'd like to Skype hug you Skype back. Skype hug, and, Skype hug. And thank you to your whole family for the service that you are doing day to day for our country. Thank you. It, yeah. it, it means so We don't much take to us. it for granted, Jenny. We don't. I mean, we, you know, I, I say to people if you take our military for granted, well, the reason that uh, we're sitting here safe and free doing what we're doing right now is because of our military. And, um, we really should not take any of you to gr for granted. You are, you are the reason that Americans have the benefits we have and the freedoms we have. And thank you and thank Wu and your little boy Drake. We love you. Thank you. And All we'll right. see you at the walk. Yes. The run. Okay. The, the run walk. walk. Run. The run and walk. The festival. The walking okay. run festival. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining Bye -bye. us. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm breaking out the Isn't tissues. Isn't she just beautiful? She's amazing. She's a ray of light. She's an amazing, amazing person, an amazing mom. Yeah. Uh, and and support her. And, and in supporting her, you're supporting a whole bunch of people. You really are. I mean, her story is so many moms' stories. Yes. And I can't tell you since working with her... Drake got sick, he got a terrible flu, and she's still working anyway. Wu is deployed. Then Wu's father got ill. They had to go back to Florida and move them into a con move them out of their home into a tiny condo. All of this, all of this, while having a child with autism who is nonverbal with epilepsy. Yeah. Yet she gets up every day with a smile on her face and she's working for other families to get things that she's received I, you know it she's just it really humbles inspiration. me absolutely absolutely it's just one of the one of the many many stories that are make us all feel so hopeful so support her and support these military families let them know that you appreciate their service and that you see them i think sometimes you know 
people just need to be told that they're appreciated yeah. and that you see them. We don't let these children. Yeah, be we have forgotten. a Facebook page, mm -hmm. Active Day for Military Families. You can go to that page. You can write Jenny a note. You know, we read all yeah. of these things. So, uh, but do participate. Now, I know last year you allowed for people to run virtually. Yeah, is that still virtual running? So you can start your own team. Yeah, go and, out and, and run and fundraise, and yeah. you can run around your own block, yeah. not be there with us that right. day, but right. make a difference. Right. And we talk all the time. Some days are bad, right? You have a bad day. Yes. And and what we have learned, and what we've learned it from so many other people, when you do something for somebody else, it lifts it you up. It gets you out of that. It gets you out of that. You know, when you, when you realize that it's all relative, and just that random act of kindness, or that it, it, that targeted act of kindness, you know, if, if their story moves you. And we're, we're always asking people, throw a lemonade stand. You know, have your kids do a lemonade stand. Do a car wash. Do a barbecue where you ask people, instead of bringing a house gift, bring a $10 donation for Act Today for Military Families. Yeah, do do what you can. Uh, year before last, it was my 50th birthday and I was really kind of bummed about it. I'm just going to be honest and having a whole lot of trouble about it. And we decided to set up a fund to raise money for an iPad. And so instead of people giving me presents, they gave money to the iPad yes. fund. You can do that. And you know what? Every That was a tremendous gift to us, and we are so appreciative, Shannon. Well, you know, and I, I felt a little like, oh, and you know, and it didn't right. raise as much money as I'd like, you know, for my 50th birthday, but it doesn't matter. Everything helps. All, everything helps. And, and it lifted me up so that I didn't feel like my 50th birthday was for nothing. Right. I just, I say to people now, no gifts. I mean, you know, every May, uh, my girlfriend Susan, our lifestyle expert Susan Campbell Cross and I do a party where we say no gifts, please. If you feel so moved, make a donation to Act Today. Yeah. So uh, that's what we do. And I just, you know what? Our stuff's always going to be, you know what it's going to end up being? In someone else's garage at a sale one day. Yeah, it's true. Everything you have a garage sale and donate Everything the money. we own is going to end up in a garage sale. You or a dump. I, mean, I think my stuff's going to end up yeah, at the city. Yeah, it might dump. not even make it to the garage sale stage. I don't think it's right? Going. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, let's be real. Your, <laughs> your stuff will end up in somebody else's garage. Mine will just be in the yeah. landfill. And all those clothes I bought back when I worked in television that I still wear, thankfully, I never have to buy anything again, but those are going to be in some secondhand store selling for $10 each, you know? I mean, that's what's so sad about it, really. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and, and instead, it could be helping other people. So yeah. if you want to clear out your stuff and have a garage sale and have it benefit, or just do a portion of it benefiting, benefiting Act Today, yeah. you make a difference. Yeah. You make a difference. Mm -hmm. I uh, I shouldn't tell the story because we're, we're getting out of time here. We're but not quite. No, I, not quite. I, uh, I'm looking over at the clock there. Okay. Uh, I always love the story of how St. Jude's was started. Okay. I heard about because Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas was a struggling actor. Okay. And he really just didn't have any money, and he was about to stop acting. And he said, you know, I just got to be a responsible person, and I got to start making some money. And he was someplace, and he saw a child who uh, clearly was having an issue, and there was, and he was asked Maybe to undergoing chemo. He and... was asked to donate. Okay. And he thought to himself, I don't have enough money for me. How can I possibly donate to this child? And he, I don't remember what the denomination of money he held in his hand, but he realized it might be the very last of what he had. I think it was a $20 bill. And he thought to himself, he just had this overwhelming moment where he thought, if I give this away um, to this good cause, I, I, I know it will come back to me in so many different ways. And he let go of it.
and he gave it. And that was like the very next day was the big break in his career. Mm -hmm. And what he learned from that was I need to make sure that I give on a regular basis. And so he founded St. Jude's. It, you know, I have to say in my own life, I have found that to just be so true. From the moment, the epiphany I had when I prayed for my son to get better and I got an answer of the fact that we would be getting behavior therapy and I made a vow that day to help other families. Yeah. And it, I have never looked back. There has never been anything more gratifying. And it, yeah. it just that when you give, you receive. It is a truth. Now, I don't know whether it's energetic. I don't know whether it's based on the law of physics, but it is it's the karma. Truth. Karma, baby. Karma. <laughs> what you put out comes back times two. And, and I, I, I believe in that as well. Um, and I and I know for a fact, and you know for a fact, you call it the kitchen floor club. Yeah. That we've all been down on the kitchen floor at some right. point and said, you know, God of my understanding, mm -hmm. whatever the words are that you use, please help me. Um, and and what's I think what's interesting is that we all share the same story that we say, help me to help my child, and then I will in some way pay it back. Yeah. I will help somebody else. Right. Uh, for my husband and I, you know, we were on the kitchen floor and we said, well, let, let us do everything that we can to help our child, and then we promise we will do whatever it is that we can turn around to help other families. Mm -hmm. And that is different for everyone. It I mean, is. look at you. You know, you are the executive director of this amazing organization you slay me sometimes because you always say I'm not doing enough and and I just want to shake you because you do so much more than you know almost anyone and you're and you make a difference every day you breathe well thank you, you. really do thank you and I think we all feel that way sometimes that we don't course, measure up you know and acceptance and self-love is really important uh, well uh, you know and it's that moment in Schindler's list when he realizes the difference that he's made and he says oh how many more people could I have saved right you know we're always we're always in that moment of what more can I do? Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, I think we're a nation of comparison. You know, we're always looking at the fact that there's so many people that are so wealthy and so famous and, and, right. and it, it, you feel sometimes like this big, but you know, we have, but to everything realize. starts somewhere. Yeah. It does. It starts somewhere and everyone can do something. And if what you choose to do today is just go on your Facebook and share Act Today's Run, mm -hmm. do that. You or don't if, know what or if it's to. to call another mom you know that's struggling with an autism diagnosis and give her hope, do that. Yes, absolutely. And it may be that the thing that you have to do today is start with self-love. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, go, go give yourself an hour to say it's all right to just kick back yeah. if you can find somebody to help with your yeah. kids. Yeah, sometimes it, sometimes it starts with saying, I need help. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's the thing you need to do. Take your oxygen and if first. What, and if what you need to do right now, there was that day for me when I said, I, I need to help my kid and then I will help others. Yeah. If that's where you're at. And if you need help personally, I certainly was in that page too where I said I need help. Look at this mom, Jenny. There was a point when his device broke and she said, I need help. Mm -hmm. And she asked Act Today for mm -hmm. help and now she's repaying that. Yeah, we're not in this alone, guys. We we're, aren't. We're, we're an autism nation. We hold hands yes, and we, do. we say, si se puede, we can do this. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, really remarkable. Okay, we've got about four minutes. Okay. to talk about. I wanted to take just a second to talk about what your April plans are. Aside from the run, have you got other stuff? You're gonna, are you going to go well, with us to the L.A. walk? 
Um, I have to look at my calendar. It's yes. crazy, crazy busy. Um, April is, yes, we have the big, the run is the huge event for us yes. in April, but we do also, we're planning, and we'll be talking about this more, we're planning a conference in downtown Los Angeles, yes. which is Autismo y Familia, which is autism in the family, and it will be all in Spanish, and we will have Gabriela Tessier, our spokeswoman for Acta Español, and we're going to have Senator Kevin DeLeon there, and the Mexican Consul General from Los Angeles, and CARD therapists who are going to tell families about the basics of autism mm -hmm. and the basics of ABA. And then we have some wonderful people from Fiesta Educativa who are going to be there to talk about navigating the system. Uh, so I'm planning that conference, which is going to be in, in uh, mid-May. Uh -huh. So um, we just went to look at the Child Development Institute downtown the other day where it's going to be held. So we're going to be giving everybody information on that. So that's coming up. And um, yeah, that's kind of both of those things are keeping us busy at you are Day. very very busy yeah. I know yeah and you and I are talking about you know what we're gonna be having on the show in April yes. and looking at some plans and we're gonna be talking about that I think after the show today absolutely yeah because I know both of us are feeling uh, very much that we want to make sure that those underserved families and yes. all the different pockets that they exist get more attention right so we and have some ideas on that yes that yeah. both of us are, are wanting to focus some of our energies in that direction yeah, so. uh, in any case so and uh, what about you for April besides you know there are covering so, every event out there uh, and and you know we aren't going to be able to cover every event okay. but we're we're planning on attending a lot of events uh -huh. uh, some of what what we've decided to do because it takes so much energy to cover an event and go and get the footage and edit it or make it go live um, we're, we're trying to really pare down what we do we're gonna be bringing you more pictures of those events because it became clear to us that we need to be connecting with more families instead of just videotaping them okay. and that's a weird thing for me to say we are you know we're a show we're an interactive format but we really want to make sure uh, there have been events that we've been at and we videotaped and that families still don't get the information that they need mm -hmm. so we're really trying to be boots on the ground uh, with autism live and connect with as many people personally you know it's that mom thing of you know when your child has the birthday party and you take pictures of the whole event yeah. and when it's over you go was I really there. Was I there, right. It's like and, your own wedding, right? Right. Was I there? Right. And um, and so we're we're playing with to see, uh, we don't want to not bring you the information from those events, but we're not going to spend the time editing them. You know, that's so important because yesterday my friend sent me some pictures of Wyatt when he was little and I, I texted my husband four to them and I said, was he ever that small? Yeah. And did we appreciate him enough? Be yeah. in the moment. That's so important. Yep. And we want to connect, connect with people. We yeah. want to connect with people. So really be here. in any case, I want to tell everybody about tomorrow before we get okay. into April. Tomorrow we've got four incredible guests, Dr. Del Nadowski, Dr. Jonathan Tarbox. We are going to have Cecilia Knight with us. And we are also having Sarah Gershfeld with us to talk about Love My Provider, a new site that you're all going to want to know about. Okay. That's all we've got time for. So right. give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves a hug from me. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye.